everybody. Hello. Um, sometimes things just naturally occur, don't they? And we end up talking about them. Mm-hmm. Um, not necessarily to do with multiples, but to do with mothering in general. In general. And um, such a thing has happened recently. We've been talking a lot about trusting your instincts. Yeah. And um, we were talking the other day about particularly in light of the dreadful lockdown, horrid isolation situation that we're all in. Um, things seem to be sort of magnified in a way. And we were hearing some stories. We've heard several stories between us of mums doing the right thing for their children by just knowing. And we thought it might be a good idea just to speak about that as mothers and as we've both had children for quite some time. Um, When we'd noticed our motherly instinct kicking in. Because it's not just about health, is it? No. And you have to just trust it, that instinct. Yeah. Because sometimes you do just know, don't you? You just do. Um, we've, got a, we've got a mutual friend who's got a, a tiny baby. She's only 11 weeks. Um, she recently spotted that something was wrong, pursued it, got her advice from the doctor, but something was wriggling in her. Something didn't feel right. So she then went to another medical professional and asked again um, and ended up finding the right answer for her daughter. Through an alternative route. Through an alternative route because she trusted her instinct and continued to pursue it until she found the answer that she was comfortable with. Yeah. And there's no handbook, (laughs) as we both know. And I just think it's not spoken about enough, this whole idea of you just know. (laughs) And I think it's hard because it often conflicts with a medical advice, doesn't it? Mm. And so you just have to try. I'm not a doctor, but I just know this isn't the way to go. You know, for instance, when the boys were born and we were in hospital and the, the nurse in the hospital was insisting that I gave the boys supplement milk and I was like they don't need it they're like a day and a half old just give me a chance get the milk's not coming yet that takes a couple of days mm-hmm. you know well if see how you get on tonight she was really m- mean in her approach and a bit firm mm-hmm. I was thinking they're babies stop calm down babies always lose some of their birth weight mm-hmm. you know um, and they're not dangerously low they were born full term they're fine and healthy and on the second the day after and and I ended up being quite and it's not me I don't I'm not very forthright I'm not very good at having confrontations um but I was like I don't want to be doing this just yet they don't need it Mm. um and eventually she said well fine you've obviously got another child so I'll trust that you know what you're talking about and I said, let's just give it another cup, another day. And if we feel we need to give them a little bit. Um, and it was, it was hardly any. And they were fine, you know. And it was just that knowing that, you know what, I don't need to be doing this. It's not on a piece of paper or a checklist medical thing. 
Yeah, and it's difficult, isn't it? Because of course you're you're feeling vulnerable. Yeah. You look to the professionals to help you. But when that niggle comes, you mustn't ignore it. And I know for a fact that while I was pregnant with the triplets, I read and read and read and read. And fortunately, I have a husband who's good at research. And he researched every single book that there was and found the best one. And I read it from cover to cover. I literally knew it inside out. I knew what I had to eat. I knew what to expect. I knew that there was a list of 75 things that could go wrong. Um, And I knew that there would be particular things that are pertinent to having multiples. Like, for instance, Mm -hmm. my daughter had this tiny hole in her heart. And then when we went to go and get it tested, I told you on a previous podcast, you know, test her on that machine, test her on that machine, do a scan, do this. Well, it's not there, is it? That's the reason you can't find it. It's not there. And I I felt increasingly agitated throughout the whole process that day. I remember it very distinctly. Not only did I have this tiny baby and I knew she was okay, but also I knew that I had other children at home that needed me. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like, oh, this is just a waste of time. And I know that I can be hot-headed and (laughs) sometimes, but this was a real case of, no, I know. I know. And and often you find yourselves in a country where the hospital system is so um, focused on insurance claims and they're so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, a bit anal, really, (laughs) about getting, you know, this has all got to be done like this, that we've we've lost that instinctual. Yeah. We just you know look to the professional they'll they'll know and and most of the time they do however sometimes um it's important to listen to the voice that's in your head yeah it's like here as well the don't breastfeed as long as is normal in a lot of countries you know so they were like well you've done it for four months why do you need to carry on that's ridiculous anyway no it's not and i'm going to carry on a wee bit longer Mm. um so but yeah they're very good often with small children on the homeopathic side of things yeah you know so often they'll give you herby herbal thing remedies you know um as well as that kind of medical intervention for things Mm. yeah it's just that it's just that balance um and it doesn't just apply to illness although it's the same thing, you know, you know when when your child's sick, you know when they're coming down with something. They're fractious and they're out of sorts. You know when something's bothering them. Mm. And I think that often as mothers, we we just feel absolutely exhausted, not because of all the running around that we're doing, but because emotionally you take on what's going on for everybody. Yeah. Don't you? Yeah. You just, you feel it. You feel it all. (laughs) You sacrifice yourself. I mean, it's true, isn't it? You do put yourself last. uh, Look after everyone first. 
Um, I was reminded when you were talking just then about there was a book it must be about 20 years old now I have to see if I can find it again um, the body shop produced it and it was all about women around the world oh yeah do you remember yeah Anita Roderick yes it was women around the world and the natural ways that they gave birth cared for their children without you know, big shiny white hospitals without <laughs> intervention, just getting on with it. Because let's remember, we've been doing it for quite a long time. Yeah, exactly. And I remember reading, I'd been pregnant or when they were tiny, I can't remember, about that when you're breastfeeding, you your body makes any um, antibodies that, you, the, the baby needs if the baby's got an illness or a your body just makes the thing it needs to fix it to get it better that's amazing so that happens instinctively without you knowing it but it, almost like it gives you the baby by breastfeeding gives you the illness you make what it needs to fix it and gives it back mm. that's amazing that's a kind of communication and an instinct and you know well you would recognize that if you were watching a nature program, yeah, that's true. Wouldn't you? You'd think, oh, oh, wow, that's yeah, yeah, or eating the right plants to fix. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and you know, it comes down to other things as well. We we both have a, a friend who, since lockdown, which is now nearly a year, mm. how miserable is that? Um, was stuck in a tiny flat like tiny flat, with her newborn, couldn't go out, couldn't do anything, couldn't socialise, recognised that um, she was getting increasingly depressed and therefore passing that misery on to her baby um, and realised that she needed support and was away from home. So she went back mm -hmm. home. She, she, she went home to stay with her parents in order to get the support that she needed, which then naturally went to the baby in a different country in a different country and all right it was a risk to go but the benefits she's she's happy she's yeah. happy she's supportive she's being supported rather and um just knowing okay i've got to do this yeah a friend of mine did the same thing when emily was born and didn't know that she was that she was having postnatal um, depression issues, but we saw each other regularly, and then she suddenly wasn't there, and she'd taken herself back to England to her parents' house and almost handed the baby over mm. and then crashed. And she said later, in retrospect, it was like she knew she just had to make sure the baby was safe and then get herself sorted out, awesome. you know, and then was great, and then had lots of other children and all, all fine, but... It's, um, yeah, and that's a big kind of taboo as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, we, we want to talk a bit about taboos, but just before we do, um, I think the other thing that's important in all of this is recognising when you're in a position where you need some help mm. and asking for it. Because people do not understand whether you've got one child, two, three same age, multiples, it doesn't matter. Nobody understands what you're going through apart from you. 
Yeah. So when you arrive at grandparents' house, you need to say, can you just take them for a walk for half an hour? Because otherwise, often people just think, oh, well, you're just getting on with it. You're just coping. And inside, you're actually screaming your head off because you're sleep deprived yeah. and you just want somebody to share the, the load with you. And it's so immense that you forget that other people have gone through that, that mm. your parents were sleep deprived, that your friends have been sleep deprived when they've been in the same situation and they mm. get it and they want to help. Mm. Mm. And it, it, it touches again on many of the podcasts that we've had, particularly when we've had guests. They've said the same, this whole idea of self-care, you know, fix yourself and then you're in a position to be able to, to help uh, more. Yeah, and I don't think we get any better at it. I don't, no. think we, I don't think it comes naturally to ask for help or to self-care, to be honest. I think we put ourselves last. We, you, know, you feed everyone, you give everyone else the food, and then you take what's left and, you know, that sort of thing. It's, um, yeah, but it's important, isn't it, to, to, I think trust, it's, your, to yeah. trust your instincts and to ask for help when it's needed. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it, we say it oh, so much, be kind to yourself, but sometimes you're thinking, well, I haven't got time. Yeah. My head's too full or I've got too much washing to do or this needs to happen. Yeah, and knowing that sometimes things don't need to happen, they can wait just for... Yeah. Um, so I've got this list of taboo subjects for new mums. Um. <clears throat> Breast versus bottle, cloth versus disposable, <laughs> names, birth experience, boys or girls, work or stay at home, parenting style. Many of these. Many of these. Do you know what? You have to trust your own instinct. Yeah. Really? And go with it because you know. It's all very well somebody banging on that one thing's better than the other, but if it doesn't suit you or your situation, you have to do what's right for you, and it is the right thing. See, for breastfeeding, I mm. always saw it. it. It never really worked for me. That's right. Um, it didn't work for Noah and I. I did try. I really did. Um, but it just wasn't happening, and I, I knew I was getting more and more and more distressed. And because mm -hmm. I was getting mm -hmm. distressed, that was just passing on to him. And when the triplets were born, I, I just thought I made my decision before they were born. Right. If I can get anything out, yeah. I'll That's bottle it. It's a bonus. It's, it's going to be medicine. Yeah. And I think I did 40 days. Yeah, well, that's great. And it was just the tiniest amount. And I shared it amongst the three of them. Um, and, you know, got myself into the flipping taxi every day to go to hospital. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Crawling in the door. I've done it again. Here you go. I mean, I do remember saying to Brian, thank God I'm able to breastfeed because the idea of making all, like, sterilising bottles and doing all that would be more stressful for me. Mm. But that, you know, you just get into the routine if that's what you're doing. That's right. And, and breastfeeding too would be more stressful for someone else. You know? It also, when you're trusting your instinct, it, it eliminates the guilt. Exactly. That's very true. Which you also and, give birth to. And I did, yeah. And we talked about that, haven't we? Um, and I did the um, cloth versus 
what was it you said? Disposable. Yeah, yeah. So with Emily, I used um, cloth nappies and washed them all and had a good routine. But Kresh weren't happy when she went there. They were like, that's a pain. It's not going to work. We need, you know, disposable ones. And then it was just easier to keep relations well with them because they were amazing to just give them the disposable ones but got an eco brand and it was actually cheaper than brand names and uh, worked really well so gave them that and at home we'd do the cloth ones with the boys like your bottle thing made the decision that's going to be insane mm-hmm. don't have time for that got loads of washing to do and as it was there was lots of baby grows and things to wash and gave them all away to a friend who was pregnant when the boys were born and said I'm not going to need them you have them um, and again you make the decision you don't feel guilty it's like well we have to do when when the triplets were born we were in hong kong which is 90 percent humidity so drying washing (laughs) it just didn't happen you just knew that you were going to have to wait and uh the cloth thing i just thought we can't do this so as soon as they were able they were old enough we got those bamboo that's right that's ones we had yeah yeah um, but and and we're both environmentalists. It wasn't a, a choice that we wanted to make. No. Um, but again, you just think, oh, I've got to do this for my own sanity. I can't wrap the child up in a damp nappy. It's not yeah, going to help. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, the names. I, <laughs> I just remembered another thing with family. I would never have bought any ready-made food, and remember buying out of. An immediate, oh my God, really guilty about it. Yeah. That was, and that's crazy. Yeah. You've just got to, um, it's, it, it, you know, they're called taboo subjects. They're not really, they're just <laughs> choices. Yeah. And, you know, trust your instinct. You've got to do what's right for you at the time. And trust each other in making what's right for them. But people shouldn't be judgmental about no. things like that with other people. You know, especially now in this day and age. Yeah. It's helpful. Like other. the names thing, you know. Oh, you can't call them that because of da-da-da-da-da. Well, actually, I can. I was talking to somebody recently about names. <laughs> somebody you and I both know. He's got a million names. It doesn't even fit on our ID card or the birth certificate and everything because it's all about family names that you felt you had to and not and not upset somebody else. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, we've talked about before the boys don't have middle names because to find two that we like took forever. To yeah. find four was just more complicated. And now I think, well, maybe they should have had some. But anyway, doesn't matter. Um boys and girls. Yeah, what do you mean, boys and girls? Well, it's just on the list. <laughs> and and I've, I've said already that I genuinely was was worried about having a girl first. Mm. Um, and, and openly said so. Oh, you know, you just want a healthy baby, don't you? No, I want a boy. <laughs> no, I really do. I want a boy. And that's the first thing that I asked Neil as soon as Noah was born, is it a boy? Like in my ridiculous giving birth state. Um, because I've got a backstory to that too. <coughs> but, you know, 
these days, everybody seems to know what's happening beforehand. Mm. Um, parenting style. But do, oh. sorry, but don't you feel lucky that you've got both now? Yeah, of course I do. Because we had Emily, Brian was like, oh, it's another girl. Just hope it's another girl. Yeah, me too. And then it was two boys and it was like, oh, it's good actually to have, because yeah. there is a difference. It's good to have that. And a friend who's got two boys, when she was pregnant with her third, oh, do you know, I hope it's another boy. And then when yeah. she did a girl, was like, oh, isn't it nice to have both? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, size and development is on here. Um, again, it's, it's to do with, you know. You know, your own baby, you know, if they're off their food or, you know, and you go through that wretched list in your head, don't you? Are they teething? Are they unhappy? Are they ill? I took Emily to the doctor because she got sent home from creche with a temperature and there was nothing wrong with her. And the doctor said, and I said, she's teething, but I can't take her because the creche have said, and she, he said, She's not teething, not with a temperature like that. I said, you know, babies get temperatures when they're teething. Yeah, not that high. And I just knew I was right. Mm. And the next day, bam, there was a tooth coming through. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy high temperature, but um, that's what it was. It was like 30, 39 or something. But all my children have had high temperatures when they're not well or something like that. And Luke, when he was seen, he had food intolerances as a toddler. And eventually I stopped that we had these repeated appointments at the at the allergologist. And um, eventually, I know, and then eventually she said, she told me the same thing she said the time before and it cost a fortune. And I was like, do you know what? I'm not coming back. He's fine now. He can. We'd started to introduce things back in. I was like, oh, just, he's fine. He doesn't need to go back. And I never went back, you know, and he's fine. <laughs> oh. You've just reminded me when, um, because Gus was really quite squished up. Mm-hmm. Um, when he was born, his his head was sort of not a funny shape. That makes it sound oh. like the elephant. No, don't. Now. That sounds like us. We've been there before. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, there was there was some woman. She was a real fusspot, and she said, "Oh, are you going to get one of those special helmet things to, to straighten his head out?" I said, of course I'm not <sighs> and you know it turns out he's a rugby player so he's yes. going to do that to himself anyway <laughs> exactly he's always going to have a weird shape then <laughs> and, and it isn't it isn't weird and it wasn't yeah. weird at the time it was just like yeah, hold on um, I think it's important to say because otherwise I'll have nightmares we're not suggesting that you don't visit a doctor <laughs> no not at all and just blindly carry on <laughs> Because, and the other thing is, I've had a conversation with somebody who did the opposite, kept trying to get medical intervention and being told it was all in her head. She ended up being sent to a psychologist, all this kind of stuff. And at the end of the day, it was a very rare thing that her child had. It took a long time to get sorted. And she did start to doubt if she was, was losing it and it was all in her imagination. But she just knew... And she would be here going, absolutely always trust your instinct. So it's on the opposite side as well. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely do what you need to do. And um, Yeah, uh, you know, if, if you've got a niggle and you're not quite sure and you want to trust your instinct, but you need some help, go and ask for it. But more importantly, go and ask other women. 
Yeah. Talk to other women, find out their experiences. Chances are somebody will have had the experience that you're having and will be able to share something useful. But then, of course, if you're still not sure, of course, go and seek help. We're not suggesting for a minute that you don't. But what we're trying to get across is that the motherly instinct is strong. It's like something out of Star Wars. (laughs) We're all Yodas. We all know. So. So may the fourth be with you. Indeed. What a great finish. (laughs) So keep going, you lot. And uh, just keep listening, you know, and do get in touch. We might be able to help. We might not. But um, if you're thinking of something, just ping an email. We're not experts, but we've got experience. So, um, Or you might want to share your expertise with our listeners. Yeah. So come along and help in any way you like. Yes, we'd like that. Because as we've said many, many times, all we're trying to do here is to hold your hand. So come and join in. Right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.